the In Conversation podcast series with author Nigel Beckles. Welcome to the podcast. podcast. Please like the podcast, podcast. and subscribe podcast. to this channel. Podcast. Thank you. Podcast. Have you experienced several failed relationships or been through a divorce? How can you avoid making the same mistakes again? How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes is out now. Hi, my name is Nigel Beckles. My new book is packed with practical and common sense strategies that you can use to make better relationship choices. Now you can discover the dangerous myths about love. If your relationship expectations are realistic, why you could be falling in love for all the wrong reasons. How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes. It's a book that could change your life. Available from Amazon.co.uk. Kindle version also available. The very best way to promote your podcasts. Podpage makes it easy to create a podcast website with just a few clicks. Every page is optimized to be found on Google and it stays up to date forever. For more information visit podpage.com. The future of podcast promotion. Get ready for takeoff. Welcome back to my In Conversation podcast series. My guest for this episode is an author and speaker who has an extensive career in business. American Tammy Guns. Hi, Tammy. Welcome to my podcast series. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. So where do you live at the moment? I live in the United States and I live in uh, the state of Colorado, which is kind of, you know, more towards the West and kind of the middle between kind of Canada and Mexico as far as um, latitude and longitude is concerned. So did you grow up there? No, I did not. I grew up in a different state, which is Wisconsin. And Wisconsin is considered to be part of the Midwest within the United States. It's close to the five Great Lakes. And so um, a lot of people from Europe that uh, migrated to the United States uh, were of Uh, Dutch descent or German descent, um, as well as a lot of um, Polish people as well, settled into the state of Wisconsin where I grew up. So you have several qualifications. Who inspired your educational goals? That is a great question. My educational goals, I believe, were actually inspired at the age of two from my mother from an unfortunate event, actually. My mom and my dad were high school sweethearts. And so they got married. My mom literally had just turned 18 and the month later they got married and they had four children at the time. So I have two older brothers and a younger sister. So my brother Bill was six. My brother Mike was four. I was two. And my sister Michelle was just born when my dad unfortunately broke his neck in our neighbor's pool. Now, the end of the story is good. So my dad ended up being okay. But during the time that my dad was recovering. And again, it's a positive story because I know a lot of people either die or become paralyzed. Uh, My dad was recovering in the hospital and my mom was very uncertain what was going to happen with his health. And my mom had a high school education at the time and four young children. So she had to enter the workforce and she could only make minimum wage and it was almost impossible to feed a family. And so she told me literally from the age of two, I need you to go to college someday. I need you to be able to uh, take care of your family in case of any kind of situation. And so it was honestly drilled into me since the age of two that it was important for me to have an education or have a means. It doesn't necessarily always mean an education, but for me, that's how it transpired to be able to take care of my family no matter what happens. So what qualifications do you have? I have four college degrees. 
I have uh, two master's degrees. One is in accounting and one is in health service administration. And then I have two undergraduate degrees, one in accounting and then one in math and science education for middle and high school. How did you become involved with corporate industries? Well, that happened over time as well. Right out of college, I worked at a company called Arthur Anderson. It was, became worldwide known because of, unfortunately, the Enron scandal. But I worked there back when you could be proud <laughs> before that whole Enron scandal. But I worked in public accounting for a while before I went back to get my graduate degrees. And then having the graduate degree in accounting as well as health service administration, I did postgraduate work within children's hospitals and then eventually within adult health care systems. And so my industry experience came about very organically, as well as the finance component because of the master's in accounting. So those, actually my degrees, even though sometimes people might say, why would you, you know, it's like collecting them. <laughs> They're actually quite useful in that I have married throughout my career. I've married my health service administration with my accounting. And so I've got a strong financial background as well as that healthcare component. I understand you've served on two different boards of directors. So what did that involve? What were your duties? Well, the duties were definitely a fiduciary responsibility as far as, you know, oversight within the, uh, the board uh, commitment in that it was really the two that I served on were not for profit. So they were uh, definitely helping the communities. One was the American Lung Association, which maybe people are familiar with. And so we would raise money in order to create awareness for you know factors that contributed to lung cancer. We also would raise money to have advocacy at the state level and then a national level as well. And then some of the money that we raised also went to certainly education so that people understood. And then, um, so my duties were really to help within all of those avenues. I met with people who were impacted by lung cancer. And so it was, or any other type of lung disease. So it was really beneficial. I loved my time. I loved being able to serve. It's just that once my own company required quite a bit of my time, I was, I had to step away from that because I felt like when you serve on a board of directors, you really are serving the population and you're serving their, you know, their vision and, uh, you don't want to take up a space when someone else could be doing that, when I was instead needing to really concentrate on my own business. Well, you've published two books. When were they published? What were they called? And what were they about? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm actually working on the third book right now, which is probably going to be discussed today a little bit in our conversation. But my first two books, one was published back in 2008, and it was How to Heal Your Heart and Soul from Divorce. And it really had to do with my own personal experience. I felt like I wanted to give back to people who are going through divorce. Unfortunately, here in America, and I think the statistics may be also uh, probably the same within Europe, is that about 50% of all divorce or marriages end in divorce. And I wanted people to you know, I really spoke from the heart, things that I was going through, which kind of, you know, shocked me. I wanted to be able to share that with people and to understand that there is hope on the other side. And then the other book that I wrote was Your Ultimate Daily Guide for Success, which is Practical Tips and Tricks for Better Living in All Areas of Your Life. That book is honestly a bunch of small vignettes where you could you could read the 23rd 
vignette before the first one. You, it's not chronological in order, but they're just honestly little ideas of how to approach life as far as, you know, moving through change or how to reduce your stress or different things that people would face within their life. And it's just supposed to be quick, easy read and, and trying to be helpful for people. I find it interesting that your first book sounds like a self-help book as opposed to a business book. Correct. But I honestly believe, you know, we are people first, right? No matter where we go in our business lives, whether it's working for a corporation or working for ourselves, we are people first. And no matter where we go, there you are, right? So if you can come to any situation in your life from a self-development or have great tools and tips and tricks, then you're able to do whatever, whether it's business or be in a relationship or be a parent. So I feel that, yes, the self-help is almost very foundational in being able to do anything in your life. Well, I understand you've been a speaker at the famous TEDx series. When did that happen and what did you talk about? Yes, I was um, a TEDx speaker. I did my presentation back in May of 2019. It was an amazing experience, let me tell you. I felt incredibly honored to be asked to be on that show. I mean, I'm sorry, be on the, the platform of the stage because it was very diverse. Everyone that was there, you know, there were professors of astronomy and there were people who were talking about child sex trafficking. So all of our presentations were quite different. Mine was on why the best healthcare system starts with you, because I really want from all of my years of working in the healthcare industry, I really wanted people to start taking charge of their own lives and start taking the power back such that they would live and lead their best lives possible. I'm not a clinician. However, working within healthcare, I've always worked with physician partners. And so I felt, how is it that I can possibly give back? I'm, you know, I'm not the clinician. I'm not the one sitting at the bedside with the patients. But I would see these patients come into our healthcare system, especially in America, where we have a lot of obesity, we have hypertension, a lot of diseases which are considered to be chronic diseases that happen over time. They're not an acute episode of something or a trauma, like say a car accident, where these are things that people actually, their own behaviors can contribute in either a positive or negative way to their own health. And so my presentation was all about how people can start to take again, that power back and take charge of their own health instead of relying on the health system. When you give your power away to a healthcare system, it's almost like, and I would see this in my day-to-day -day practice, is that people would come to the healthcare system very beaten up, definitely, and wanting the doctor to give them that magic pill that would make them better when they were doing something that was, they themselves were doing things that were negatively impacting their health for the last 30 years. So Tammy, what are your plans for the future? Great question. My plans for the future entail, I work right now as an international public speaker. I do go around the globe doing speaking on these very topics. But the topic that I speak on right now is talking about lessons that are learned from COVID-19 regarding our health and our wealth. And actually, the behaviors that are supportive of health and supportive of wealth are actually quite similar. And so I talk about that. And then in 
my other business as well, because I speak about that, then I actually help support people. So I'm a financial advisor. I'm using my undergraduate degree in accounting and my master's degree in accounting, as well as, you know, all of my industry experience in helping people to start putting money away, start saving for their retirement or what I like to call their permanent vacation, making sure people are set up for their permanent vacation. You mentioned you are working on a third book as well. So what is that book going to be about? That book is, I'm, I'm still working on the title, so this might not be the end title, but the title I'm currently thinking about, which is Power Struggles That Were Taught to Us by COVID-19 Regarding Health and Wealth. So it'll be shortened, but it's, it's along those lines, really, truly what we're talking about today, in that people have a lot of control over their own health and their own wealth, more so than they really believe. And I talk a lot about, and this is, you know, I'm, I'm putting together the things that I talk about into the book, which is, again, the underlying behaviors, which are either supportive or would take away from your health and your wealth and how absolutely they're the same. And I talk a lot about how we really never seem to get out of the teenage brain. And what do I mean by that? Like teenagers are so in the moment, all they care about is what happens now. They don't think about long-term repercussions of the decisions that they make. But I would argue that we operate with the teenage brain when it comes to our health and with our wealth, because we make so many decisions every single day that actually are negative to our health and our wealth. And we, and so we're acting exactly like a teenager. We're, we're going for the payoff now. And, and we look at, we don't consider the things that are hurting us long-term. That sounds a little bit to me like instant gratification syndrome. You hit it the nail on the head. Yes, it is. So there's actually a study that came out of Stanford. Now, this is a long time ago. It was back in 1972, but there was a professor there who did a study. Maybe you're familiar with it. It's the famous marshmallow study where they had these kids and they said to these young children, they said, you can either have a marshmallow or a pretzel now, or if you wait a little bit, and the professor would leave the, the room, you can get two marshmallows or two pretzel sticks. And the children that opted for the, you know, their reward now were the ones when they studied later on that actually, you know, did not do as well in their health or did not do as well in their wealth later on in life because they were going for that instant gratification versus those children that were able to say, no, I, I'd rather have the two marshmallows or the two pretzel sticks. Those that waited actually ended up doing better in a lot of areas of their life, but it has to do with exactly what you're talking about, the instant gratification component. So Tammy, how can people contact you? So my American number is 303-301-4231. And then my email is Tammy Lynn Guns at gmail.com. Tammy in Colorado, USA. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe. Another In Conversation podcast coming soon.